What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. Coming at you every single weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's show... We are flipping to the other side of the coin and making the definitive case for why the Blazers should indeed shop the number three overall pick and try to land a veteran help for Damian Lillard. Yesterday's show, I made the definitive case for why the Blazers should keep the pick. And, you know, let's put the tiger on the table and yell at it. I think that I've landed on the most logical and reasonable decision for the Blazers to indeed is to make the pick at three. Um, If you want to know why, go listen to the show right before this one in your feed. But today we are flipping the coin. I don't think I'm necessarily trying to, in this situation, argue against myself from 24 hours ago when I recorded that last podcast. It's a daily show, beauty of it. But I do want to present what I think is the logical other side of the argument because I personally feel like that is the strength of this show is that I can parse through the logic um, and am willing to try to see both sides. This isn't sports yelling. Hopefully it's sports make you a little bit smarter, make things a little bit more interesting. Uh, Sports yelling is available a lot of places. Go find it where you want it. But let's make the definitive case for why the Blazers should trade the number three overall pick. It's important to acknowledge the context. Um, Damon Lord has made his desire for the Blazers to make a big swing and trade the lottery pick for veteran help and try to become a competitive playoff team. He's made that abundantly clear. Like, it's just, that's not guessing or parsing or anything. He has said that. But but very specifically, this show is not about trading Damian Lillard. And I don't even think yesterday's show necessarily about trading Damian Lillard, even though sort of the context of it is like, if they take three, maybe they are. Um, but like, this show isn't about to trade or not to trade. And yesterday's show wasn't about to trade or not to trade Dame. This is specifically about the pick and kind of the logic behind that. In fact, if you're looking for a should they trade Dame show, I've already done it. It's in your feed. It's called What Would a Damian Lillard Trade Look Like? Search it for wherever you already are listening to this podcast right now. I talk specifically about what a Damian Lillard trade would look like and the the case for it and against it and sort of the logic behind it. But this show is about trading number three. And the reason that you trade number three is because, like, the the, the Damian Lord's availed like interest in it is a huge part of it. Like, 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 like I'm not going to specifically discuss Dame trades. Is what I want to say with that disclaimer. But it's like. It's a huge part of it. And the reason that you trade number three is because you want to keep Dame on the roster. You want to do, you want to follow, you know, he has, he has given sort of his demands, his marching orders. And the point is to, I think appease is maybe a word with a little more baggage than, than, than we should use in this particular episode, but to um, listen to Damien Lord's request and honor his request, because the point of an NBA team is to have good players on the roster. That's the whole point. That's what we're doing. Trying to have good players in the roster, and Damian Lillard is a very good player. That's one of um, it's one of the nice things about watching Damian Lamont Ollie Lillard Senior play basketball. Said he's extremely good. So if the choice you're making is making a selection at number three in the draft and losing Damian Lillard, the point of the basketball team is to have Dame. So you would like is to have a player of Dame's quality and. 
the, the draft picks come with inherent risk. Even the best draft selections are very unlikely to come close to Damian Lillard's peak. There's hundreds, if not thousands, of very good outcomes for uh, players drafted in the league who will fall well short of Damian Lillard. Like, even if you think top 75 all time is kind of just like an arbitrary number, I think it's pretty clear it's one of the 100 best players to ever play the game. Like, he's just excellent. He's excellent. He's just been fantastic, and he, he's coming off his best season. And you trade the pick for veteran help because the window is still open. Damian Lillard is coming off that best statistical season of his career. Yes, he's 32 years old right now. He's a couple months out from celebrating his 33rd birthday. But his prime is still right here. It is upon us. And the point of running a basketball team is to have really good players playing at their best. The Blazers have that right now. And any rookie is virtually guaranteed to be bad to maybe below average in year one. You trade number three. You trade the pick to maximize the window that Dame has left open. And that's what we are talking about here. We are talking about a window. That's that's the discussion. Um, if you are making the case to trade number three, which I am attempting to do here right in front of you, or if you're listening right next to you and where are your ears located in relation to you in your ear in your ears right now the case i'm making is the window the case with why you trade three the number one reason that you would trade the third overall pick for a proven veteran is that you want to be as good as possible from June of 2023 to June of 2025. That's why if you go that route, you have to go all the way. On yesterday's show, at the end of the show, I kind of pitched like a, you know what, if they don't, if they do keep three, perhaps they can kind of, um, you know, thread the needle on a middle ground. And while I think that is an interesting idea, like where it's not extremely binary, and I th I still think that there is a there is a scenario in which that happens. I think it is very small, and I, I I think maybe I wasn't super clear on how unlikely I think that scenario is on yesterday's show. And I apologize if I wasn't clear. The middle ground is very 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 hard to get to, but if you keep three, as I as I argued yesterday there is more incentive to try to find the middle ground because three is likely to be a good a good player at some point in the future. And Damon Lillard is a good player right now. So that's why you'd say, okay, maybe we can do both and kind of, um, you know, burn it at both ends, as it were. But if you trade three, no half measures. I think the middle ground is already very unlikely but it's only reasonable to discuss if you are keeping the rookie top three overall pick. If you are trading the pick, you've already made a decision which direction you're leaning. And so the like the the chances for a gray area no longer matter. Lean all the way in. There ain't no such thing as halfway crooks. And if the Blazers attempt to be halfway crooks, I mean going to be scared to death, scared to look, because that's what happens to halfway crooks. You got to go all the way in. And by that, I mean, 
You trade three for an upgrade. You try to flip Nurk for something, a better version of a center. You probably try to shop the 23rd overall pick for something else, and then you hope that you hit in the second round at 43. You leave no stone unturned. You pay Jeremy Grant a whole bunch of money. You are aggressive in using your exceptions. You build a extremely expensive roster, and you try to go for it all the way. You do not half-step. You've got to go all the way if you make this move. And I think there is a case to be made for just going ahead and doing it. Because despite, I think, what is out there and and, and what is sort of floating around in the ether here in late May, a month before the draft, number three is valuable. It's a valuable trade piece. And the reason that you trade it is because it has inherent value that can get you back what you want. Let's talk about that value in the second segment. But before we do that, let's talk about what it takes to build a championship team. That's right. I'm talking about our friends over at eBay Motors who know that a championship team is all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage, look for the green check to know the part will fit, or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Motors guarantee fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. You trade the number three overall pick because it has value. It has value. And that's important right here in this exact moment because right now it perhaps doesn't feel as valuable as Portland or Blazer fans. Portland being the franchise, not like the municipality. Portland, the Trailblazers franchise, um, or more specifically sort of Blazers fans consuming public information had hoped. Because reportedly the as- the Raptors' asking price remains high, and according to Alex Schiffer of The Athletic, the Nets aren't even interested in Anthony Simons and number three swap for Mikhail Bridges. They would want more. They would want more. And if Toronto and Brooklyn have astronomical asking prices for folks like Pascal Siakam and Mikhail Bridges, and perhaps even OG Ananobi in that mix, it makes it harder to trade number three. But I'm telling you right now, This is the best time of year to lie to someone. A month before the draft, there is real value in not telling the truth. There is real value in getting your side out into the public. And I'm not questioning the reporting from Alex Schiffer of The Athletic. This is the way I would have treated many reports on this podcast in the past. I'm sure someone told you that. That's why you said it. I don't believe the person that told you that, not the reporter. It's a great time to lie. I think, obviously, the, the Toronto has had high asking prices for, for OG Ananobi, and, and I get, Siakam wasn't really on the market until recently, but high asking prices for their players for a very long time. A very long time. In fact, uh, Eric Green, Raptors beat writer, did a like ideal Raptors offseason, and the ideal Raptors offseason included a trade for the Blazers in which they gave up Anthony Simons, the number three overall pick, and two, excuse me, three other picks to the um, 
no, excuse me, two other picks, two other picks to the Toronto Raptors, three first round picks and Amphrey Simons in exchange for Pascal Siakam. So if that's sort of the, hey, this is what looks like fair from the Toronto side, you know that what's coming out from the Toronto front office is the asking price is high. And I believe it is, but I believe it is in May. Deadline spur actions. When you get closer to June and closer to the start of free agency in July, the fact that you're still holding on to assets that built a mediocre roster or still holding on to assets in Mikhail Bridges, that is, you know, the, the path to being decent but not really good and you have a chance to maybe have a swing for a higher upside, the asking price will change. And number three will have value. It will have more value in June than it does in May. Deadline spur actions, I am confident in that. Will it have the value to pry those guys? We shall see. We shall see. I think that's the debate the Blazers will have internally, right? It's like, does this thing we have return us enough value to be worth trading? That's what they'll have internally. But I believe right now is the time to lie. Value is going to go up. The price will change. But the number three overall pick, this is the best trade piece the Blazers have had in many, many moons. If they're going to make a big swing, the time is now. The time is June of 2023. And important to note that they've never taken that truly big swing with Damian Lillard involved. What they've done often under Neil Olshay in the past regime was mistake a good fortune for proof of concept as several several off seasons when they got lucky and had some really nice seasons the front office said this works let's quadruple down on it and then the whatever the summer of 2019 happened when they had injuries and made some mistakes and built a crappy roster but for the most part mistaking good, good fortune for proof of concept was what kept the Blazers away from making the big move. And under Joe Cronin, the Blazers have been cycling towards something like this, right? They've been cycling towards this summer exactly to make the move. You trade the pick because you've never really given Damian Lillard that I'm going to take a home run swing knowing that we might strike out. The previous regime was obsessed with doubles and uh, Joe Cronin has been slowly bunting out, bunting ground balls to third base knowing that eventually his incredible sacrifice bunts will somehow this baseball analogy got away from me but um other i guess joe Cronin has been taking pitches maybe that's a better one for it like but but like more seriously cronin has been cycling towards this because what he did when he first took over was tear the roster down and say we've got to totally change the pieces and we've got to prioritize getting cheaper with flexibility into the future. We need draft picks. We're going to get Jeremy Grant with one of these draft picks. We're going to not have long-term money. We're basically going to get off everything that the uh, that the prior roster had and we are not prioritizing getting pieces back that are like long-term parts of the future. We're going to, you know, salary dump Robert Covington and, and Norman Powell. We're going to trade... Um, you know, trade CJ McCollum essentially for the pick that became and the trade exception that became Jeremy Grant and and uh, Josh Hart, who were probably not going to resign because of sort of the cycle of where things are. And I think because of ending up getting Shade and Sharp kind of changed the calculations a little bit. And then at this year's trade, excuse me, and then immediately after that teardown, Damian Lord got a hundred million dollar contract extension. You tear the roster down, you give Damian, Mil- Damian Lillard a maximum contract extension. I don't know, the $100 million is, is, rough, is a rough estimate. It's 35% of the cap over two, two full seasons. 35% of the cap both seasons escalating. Starts at 35% and escalates. That's actually how it actually works. And then this year, 
Instead of trying to upgrade, he prioritized players entering free agency this summer. Kevin Knox, Cam Reddish, Matisse Thibel. No one has long-term money. Reportedly, they weren't interested in James Wiseman. You know why? He makes money next season. They are prioritizing the flexibility of this summer. They've been setting up for this. You trade number three because you trust the front office has been building towards something like this for several cycles. Two two trade deadlines and a full offseason last season. They've been building to this. They built an intentionally mediocre roster that was undersized on purpose, on purpose, undeniable, undeniable that they got, that they built a roster that wasn't very good and then they made it worse to do this. You trade the pick because they have been building towards this and you and the case for it is that they have been calculating the last time they were calculating they went and got Jeremy Grant on the relatively cheap they they create a perfect trade exception and trade a 20-25 bucks pick for him it's a pretty good deal you trust them you trade the pick because you've been building towards this and and you have to reward the sort of patience and forethought in the league or at least trust this patience and forethought from a front office. That's the case to be made. And this is the big swing you've been waiting for in the Damian Lillard era. So the combination of they've never taken a big swing and they've set themselves up for now several cycles to take this swing. Let them take it. You trade the pick because they've gotten here. And then this is this this is likely your last opportunity. If they don't do this now, you probably don't have a chance to have something this shiny and new. Once you take the rookie, they're part, you know, it's you technically you can trade rookies 30 days after they're signed and all that, but there's a lot of things that kind of have to fall in place for that to happen. The timing isn't very good for free agency. It's just it's just a very unlikely scenario and you say, "Oh, well, you can trade them at 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 um, you know, at at uh, the deadline, and you can, right? Like the Tyrese Halliburton thing. Um, you certainly can. You certainly can. There's there's a world in which that happens. But you have to have Dame's buy-in for that for to get there first. There's just a lot of things, a lot of boxes to check to get there. So you trade the pick because this opportunity doesn't come very often, and if you miss this opportunity, it might be gone. Opportunity is not a lengthy visitor. And I saved this one for the for the last part of this segment. The soft stuff. You trade the pick because you want Damian Lillard on your roster. And I think people who are making, and I don't, I'm, 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 I'm going to try not to straw man here. I have seen in the YouTube comments and from a handful of emails and from tweets and stuff, it's like people are making the case with graphs and charts and numbers, mostly just like stats, right? Uh, like th- that here's why you keep Dame and blah, 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 blah. The core of why you trade three is because you want Damian Lillard on your team for as long as possible. The sort of existential part of what do we as fans or what does a franchise owe an franchise icon, someone who has been loyal to the franchise, someone who has put down roots in the city and moved his family here, someone who at every turn has said over and over again how much he appreciates being here and doing it this way. There is an existential soft element to this, an emotional element. You trade the pick because it means that you get to give it one last chance with Dame. And the other option likely means without. 
you trade the pick because it's meaningful to you. And I think this is like, I, I encourage you just to say this as a fan. Just say it, just say it. Like, um, I, I think this has been a thing that's happened over the last like maybe 15 years in sports fandom is like, instead of saying like, yeah, I don't like that dude very much. It's like, well, technically his on-off numbers suggest that he's actually not a good defender and Marcus Smart is a big doofus or whatever it is. Or like, Alex Caruso is the most overrated. It's like, just say you don't like him. And if you love something, say you love it. It's the most simple thing. So I encourage you as a fan to get down to the most core, the most atomized reason to make this trade and trade the number three pick for veteran help as Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard wishes. It's because you want Dame on your squad. You trade the pick because it's what Dame wants and you want to do what Dame wants. You trade the pick because you love Damian Lillard. That's why you do it. That's the most sort of core, basic, like I said, atomized reason to do it, right? No graphs, no charts, no 32-year-old best season, no best point guard in the league stuff. All of that matters, but it exists in a separate box. The box with your big stinking heart on it says, I love this dude and I don't want him to play in another jersey. And that, what I'm telling you now, is a valid reason to be against making moves that would maybe end the Damian Lillard era. You do not need to justify it with anything other than, I love this and I'm hoping that it works out. That is valid. That is even wonderful. That's the beauty of sports. No need to justify it beyond, this is what I want in my heart. What I want to do to close the show, though, is talk a little bit about sort of the other side. What I did to close yesterday's show was sort of acknowledge the challenges. I want to acknowledge the challenges to close the show here because trading number three is like in some ways simple and in the other ways incredibly hard because it's like a big risky thing. Let's do that to close the show. Join me in the third segment, won't you? Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. We're still listening to Locked on Blazers. I laid out why you would trade the number three overall pick. Valuable asset that can get you back valuable pieces. And while the reporting suggests now that some of the valuable pieces the Blazers have coveted aren't going to be available for that asking price, I believe they will be at some point. Just wait. We're a month out. We will get there. Number three gets you value. Number three is what Dame wants them to trade the lottery pick for veteran help. Number three helps you keep Damian Lord on the roster. They've never really taken a big swing in the past. This is their opportunity to take that big swing, do the thing that you've been hoping they would do for Damian Lord for years. The front office has been setting up for basically this, it seems like, for a year and a half. If you believe them, if you sort of trust what they've been selling, this is what they've been selling, this opportunity. And... This is your chance to tr- to have a big shiny thing to trade. A package of number three overall and every Simons is likely a pretty solid high-end package. A solid, if not very good, high-end package. If the Blazers make some other moves to free up their uh, future first-round picks that are owed to the Chicago Bulls, Portland could be in business with one of the more appealing packages among teams chasing very good players in the league. But it doesn't come without obvious risks, some of which I laid out in yesterday's show. But I think 
the sort of general talking points that um, rookies are bad is disingenuous. I have said on the show, I said it a million times heading into last season's show, this is not a, this is an opinion I hold that rookies are bad. But saying like they shouldn't trade, you know, they can't draft three, they can't trade Dame and then pick a three because rookies are bad because they'll be bad. That's the point. <laughs> That's the point. That's the point. Because they'll get a pick at three that isn't very good now, but turns into something good and be bad again in the future and another good pick that turns into something good. That's the whole freaking point of a rebuild. It is disingenuous to say don't trade Dame because rookies are bad. It's a silly, it's a silly talking point. The reason that you don't trade three is, is that rookies are good. It's actually the freaking reverse, right? Like, um, and, and the reason that it is, the reason that you would trade Dame is because like, is because you get an opportunity to draft good players. And moreover, if you think three is, is not particularly valuable because it doesn't lead back good players, what the heck are you trading? What are you offering when you call up the Nets and you say, hey, look, we don't think you can get a very good player and whoever you draft here is going to suck. Like, what are you offering? The, tri the, the pick cannot be in like not worth it on one end and deeply worth it on the other end. It doesn't work that way. It's a disingenuous arg argument. But the risk with trading the pick is that they will stink not on purpose because there is inherent risk in cashing all of this in the 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 sort of the other end you know make the pick dame leaves and you're bad yeah that's like that's the point but on the, the, the like flip side what i'm arguing for here is like you trade the pick you get a veteran pascal siakam comes in and you're just kind of okay that's the actual risk here and moreover Damon Lord's owed a bunch of money. It's going to be hard to build um, a team if, you know, you trade for someone like Siakam who's, who's owed a bunch of money. If you trade for Mikhail Bridges, he's got a little bit cheaper, but Siakam, Noji, and Anobi are entering free agency next next year. You're going to get really expensive in a hurry. You're going to have Dame. You're going to pay Jeremy Grants. You're going to have Pascal Siakam. Like, you're going to get a really expensive roster, and you're going to have limited chances to upgrade that roster beyond what it what it's set at. You'll have some more opportunities. Not none, but, but, but you will be relatively stuck um, with probably a darn good team, but maybe not a team that gets into the upper echelon. And that's the actual risk here is that I think the Blazers can trade three and Ant and get like, let's say they do get end up getting Mikhail Bridges. I think he's a good player. He's really, really solid player. Um, has, has more offensive upside than I would have guessed. Is one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. Is long. Is just, he's really good. He's really good. It's, it's proven that he can be an on-ball kind of like, creation create his own offense guy like it was in brooklyn and thrived as the fourth option on a team that made the championship with the phoenix Suns was like a totally unfair fourth best player on the phoenix on that phoenix team like they were awesome they just lost to a really good milwaukee team and then choked like incredible dogs in the playoffs against the dallas mavericks doesn't mean mikhail's not good but I, say you do make that type of trade you trade three, you, you trade for Ant, and you get Mikko Bridges. You flip, um, you flip Nurk and and uh, and Nizir Little somewhere else to get it to get an upgrade that that make that makes it make you know makes you a little bit better. Say, um, 
I, I don't know if it's if this is realistic, but just like for the sake of this exercise, you end up with, you know, you give 23 and Nurk and Nazir Little and a future and you end up with some future pick of some flavor, you know, like lottery protected first out into the future and you get Miles Turner. You've got this fun role plans. That team's not going to rebound very well. Hoof. But uh, like, you, you know, you have this fun role player, spacey, spacey center who's a pretty good rim protector, although he doesn't rebound very well. You've got your, um, you got your ace defender in 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 Mikhail Bridges. You've got a really good defender on the bench when you bring him back in Matisse Thybul. You've got a really solid score in Jeremy Grant, and you've got a superstar in Damian Lillard. That seems like a not totally outrageous idea. It's not a perfect plan, but totally not outrageous idea. That that would be the case for trading three, right? It's like in, in a short summer, you've now built a team that's like pretty darn competitive. Maybe you can even close, squint and close your eyes and talk yourself into like, hey, the West is wide open. All it takes is like a, you know, a, a, a bad shooting series from the Nuggets role players and all of a sudden you're, you're in there. You're in there. The Nuggets might roll the finals this year. It'll just kind of change the calculation. But, like, I think you talk yourself into it, right? But I don't know if the Blazers have other parts to make a really deep roster. So the inherent risk in trading in trading three is that you can make move number one, but the Blazers might need moves three, four, and five and also to get there. So you have to have, even after you make that first move, that big swing, that big risk, knowing that you've traded a good young player in Amphrey Simons and a potentially very good young player in whoever is available at number three, we'll call him Brandon Miller. You got to know that that might, that even that trade executed gets you closer, but not all the way there. There's inherent risk in doing the exact thing that people think is, again, I'm, I'm doing a straw man thing. I've too many YouTube comments, too many tweets. I don't mean to do straw man. I mean to speak to speak to the logic. Apologize. If the concern is that keeping three means you'll be bad, trading three means you'll be mediocre and stuck. That's the challenge. In fact, when I've done a podcast similar to this in the past, I think where I landed was I don't know what the Blazers should do because both paths lead back to the middle in different ways. A rebuild doesn't guarantee championship success and trading three doesn't guarantee you get to that. You know, trading the draft pick doesn't mean that you get into that upper echelon. But I will say this, the case for trading three is as simple as, as this. The way that the Blazers are as best as they can possibly be over the next two seasons is with Damian Lillard on the roster. The way that they are best over the next five seasons is unknown. You can trade for the unknown, you can draft the unknown and hope, but if you are looking to be as best as possible and give Damian Lillard the chance that he covets and has asked for, the case for trading three is right there in front of you, even with the pitfalls I just laid out in this segment, even with the challenges of, you know, they can build a pretty good starting group and probably a pretty good even top six or seven, but the depth to be like really, really good in the league might not be there and it might be hard to get to because of the challenges of having a really expensive roster. I still probably think that drafting three is the most responsible path, but the idea that a team of Damian Lillard and Pascal Siakam wouldn't be darn good is silly. Pascal Siakam is an excellent basketball player and an easy dude to root for, and Damian Lillard is an excellent basketball player and an easy dude to root for. 
You would have no problem talking yourself into that team. You trade three because this is your chance to take the swing with Dame, and this is the biggest trade piece you've had. You trade three because the opportunity is here right now, and it might not return again. And you trade three because its, inv- it's value is why you did all that losing. You trade three because you want Damian Lillard to have a chance wearing the jersey you prefer, and your heart can be the easily most important deciding factor, and that is a wonderful reason to feel that way. The case for trading three is that you feel that your that your fandom owes it to Dame and thus the Portland Trailblazers organization owes it to Dame and that there is undeniable the best way to be good over the next two seasons is by having a dude who was arguably the best point guard in the NBA last year on the roster. You already have him. The best way to be good is to show up in, show up in October with zero still in tow because he's really stinking good and if you want a chance to to you know be in be in the conversation he's got to be there and it seems increasingly likely that he has given the you know given the word uh, middle ground aside given the word that trade 3 give me what i want give me a chance or don't and we'll have that tough conversation he's he said it basically as cleanly as he could at exit interviews You trade three because you want to honor his request. You want to go for it. That's the definitive case. If you want to hear the flip side, go listen to yesterday's show. Um, Plenty of people disagreed with that one. Plenty of people disagreed with this one. That's the bizarre place the Blazers find themselves in. I think fans have, have very clearly said, this is the absolute truth way to go, and this is the absolute truth and the absolute way to go. And I'm hoping that these two episodes at the end of May can give you some logic on both sides on why you would go in one direction or the other. If you're going to go for it, you got to go for it in one direction this summer. And they are very, very different paths. Thanks for listening this week. I appreciate you. We'll do five more next week. Tell your friends about the show. Tell them to make it their first listen. It's available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.